0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. listen to others just to be aware all i'm saying you never know what someone's going through just because they look happy doesn't make it true hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone you at least got me we are more alike than you may know but if we stay quiet we will never grow don't ever give up because you got this if you quit think of all the opportunities that you could miss Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm your host, Danielle Boer. Woohoo. Hey. All right. So I'm so excited about today's guest. We have stuff in common. And, you know, I love to talk about things that I have in common with people. And, um, so Elizabeth Correa is a transformational speaker, author, and coach. She's the founder of Correa Enterprise a woman's platform for personal growth and lifestyle change. Welcome, Elizabeth, to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here.
0: I am so excited that you're here. Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really am. Um, so, all right. Now, we will talk about what we have in common because everybody knows. Like, I love to point it out because when we're from different parts of the world, different backgrounds or whatever, then it's that's the whole point of me doing this show is to show that like, we're not really different at all. Like, you know, we all have something in common. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, all right. What was your childhood like?
1: Oh gosh. It was, you know, it's funny. My, my book is called, if you play to my playground. So I'm like, it was like this playground of so many different emotions and things and you know things happening and scenes and it was you know happy moments and then really dark moments um and then inside my home you know I grew up in, in the projects and inside the house was you know outside was abuse and all kinds of you know drugs and prostitution and homelessness and and then inside the home it was also extremely abusive you know at home um if I didn't have my siblings, I don't even know how I would have kind of gotten through that. So both parents were alcoholics. Both were extremely abusive. Dad was abusive in every way. Um, And I mean, every way. And mom, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, I think for her to find some some form of peace or, <clears throat> you know, um, I don't know what it was, you know, for her, but she found her comfort in a bottle as well. So it mm-hmm. was just dark at home dark in the streets. At the same time, there was a lot of amazing, fun moments with my siblings, with my friends outside, outside of the home. So it was kind of, like I said, like a crazy playground filled with, there was no child's ideal playground, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it was a playground filled with so many different emotions and scenes. And um it it was extremely chaotic, <laughs> you know, chaotic, confusing. I As a little girl, it's like, one moment I'm happy, then at the next moment I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm hurt. I'm, the next moment I'm laughing. And so it was like a roller coaster ride, a museum park.
2: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm.
0: So I'm so sorry that you went through that. And, but I'm so grateful for you, like all the stuff you do now from that trauma and, and the things you experienced that you're using it for good to help other, uh, women, girls is amazing. So I lived, um, I actually, as an adult, took. I feel bad now, uh, cause yeah, my my kids lived in public housing for a little teeny bit, and mm. it was such a bad neighborhood that the my dad was in the military. He wasn't allowed in there. No military people were allowed in that neighborhood because it was so bad. And, um, it was like a lot- I was oh. weird, yeah, so, and it was like a few miles away from the base, but they were not allowed in and we went to school as a high schooler, I went to school with kids that lived there, but um, I was like one day I was coming in, and this guy attacked me on the stairs and tried to break me. I never talk about this, but um, and it was the neighbor's cousin, and he was like drunk and high, and she wouldn't let him in the apartment, so I was like kicking and screaming, and finally, I got well, thank goodness he was um drunk and high because he wasn't with it enough to like be strong. Like he was, yeah. yeah. And so like I kicked him, I don't know if I kicked him in the face. I don't remember, but I got into my place while I was in, (laughs) we will talk about this, but I was uh, in an abusive relationship with um, my son's father. And so he was so drunk himself that he didn't hear me and I was screaming for help and he didn't hear me. And then even when I got in there, he was so knocked out that he didn't even realize what I was talking about. So he couldn't protect me at nothing. So the next day I said something to the neighbor and she laughed because, um, because I'm white and so <laughs> lots of my neighbors weren't white and she thought it was just funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. Um, thank goodness he didn't do anything, but it scared me. And so after that, we moved like shortly after I found a place that, you know, that wasn't public housing and it really yeah. motivated me to get out of that situation. And so my kids were very little. Thank goodness. And they don't remember any of this stuff, but Ooh. yeah. So that's, it's, it's hard to hear it from your perspective. Of course I wasn't an alcoholic or anything, but he was. And so yeah. to hear it from your perspective, being the kid makes me feel bad for my kids. But again, they were very little yeah. and they don't remember anything. And right, it wasn't like they were playing with anyone, literally. Like they were just like in the house. Like I would take them, you know, in and out. Like when I went to work, they were, would go somewhere and then we would come back. So it's not like, you know,
2: yeah. No offense.
0: I mean, there's a lot of great kids and stuff, but that was a grown adult that attacked me. So that's no Yeah. Excuse. But anyway.
1: <laughs> but, um, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that I always say, like, usually, you know, 99.5% of the time, everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah. And had that not happened, you might have, you know, you might have stayed a little longer.
0: Yeah. You know? You're right. Yeah. You kind of get, you kind of get, like, um, complacent. Like, you just kind of, oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So oh, you yeah. just deal with it, and you're like, "Well, okay." Uh, because I think I was paying like I don't even know fifty dollars a month to I don't even know what I was paying. exactly. But yeah, so it's like, "Oh wow, look at this." You yes. Know? And um, yes. and I always worked, so it wasn't like I didn't work. But Maryland's very expensive. Very expensive. I don't know if you um know anything about no, Maryland, but no. oh my gosh, it's so expensive. Oh. Even back then, it was extremely expensive to live. So. But anyway, yeah, things do happen for a reason and we're going to talk about a little bit of other things we have in common uh shortly too. Uh <laughs> but um okay, so when you were dating
2: your son's father, uh, what are the lessons that you learned? Mm.
1: <clears throat> I mean, at the time I was so young. I met him when I was 14. Oh. So, yeah, and dated him right through my teens. Um, to my, you know, I was about 21, 2021 when I broke up with him. At the time there, there, I didn't see them as lessons. (laughs) You know, at the time it was, I was, you know, stubborn. It's, I wanted what I wanted and that was it. Even though I knew this person wasn't good for me, I didn't really know what that really meant. It was like, well, he, he was a lot like my father, which Mm -hmm. usually funny enough tends to happen. But I didn't know there were lessons. I didn't know that this would be a part of even my purpose or my calling, which, and it was. Um, but now looking back and, you know, along my healing journey years ago, I think the lesson in that was that, um, to, you know, I attracted him. We attracted one another because we were both broken so i believe there was no way i was going to attract someone who was whole and complete and healthy and you know got his stuff together he was because that's not who i was that wasn't a lifestyle i lived so i met him right where i was at so we were just two broken people together um we were just a mess so what the, the lesson that i've learned is that um if you want to be in a healthy relationship and you you know, that is your desire, you you want to meet somebody who is a a good fit for where you are, someone, you know, with purpose, you know, you're you're going to be together and, and serve a purpose and do whatever it is you're supposed to do here together, support one another, make each other better, you know, then you really have to do that work within yourself first. Because I do believe that you we attract not all of what we are, but there are bits and pieces of these, of the people that we attract. There are little bits and pieces in them that we have within ourselves. So I think for me, it's like, it's, you don't really know, um, truly, truly, is this person healthy mind, you know, mentally, emotionally, right? Is this a healthy person? Is this healthy for me? Well, if that's what we desire, then we ourselves have to become, Healthy, mentally, emotionally, before we engage in a relationship, otherwise right. we're just gonna attract our mess kind of thing, you know, and sometimes it's mess that we don't even know is there
2: right, yeah. absolutely so wow that's
1: that that was a lesson is it's um to just do the work, work on yourself before you get out and start dating, really, really do that work, yeah.
0: Wow. That, that was so deep. I didn't, mm-hmm. that, that was really good. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's a hundred percent true. Right. So they say like, um oh boy, like if you want somebody, you can't find somebody to love you if you don't love yourself, that's an important lesson. And that's yeah. something that I, you know, have learned and, and I'm working on myself and, um, woohoo. Whoa. That was yeah. Deep. so yes, yeah, and it and, sounds
1: so- you know when you we usually do hear it like that, mm-hmm. um you know, and it sounds it can sound cliche, but there's it's so deep, and there's just so much truth right. to it, it really is really deep, yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. because th- that's what, like you said, you know, um i its just. <clears throat> Uh, eye opening. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, people like mask who they are sometimes. There's oh. a lot of uh, manipulation oh. or like, yes. Right. There we go. Is it uh, absolutely that's, true? That, that's you, a
1: whole other session. I here. just got
0: goosebumps because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is so true. So, oh. you know, um, they, if, uh, be careful. I'm, this is, I'm uh, just telling all y'all because, um, be careful who you tell your business to, because they will use that and they will flip it and they will act yeah. like they're the hero and they're going to come rescue you. And in turn, they could be worse than the other person. And that I got goosebumps actually, again.
1: Ex- me too. That is actually what I call the narcissistic.
0: Oh, yes, behavior. absolutely.
1: And there's absolutely. male and female and it's oh, yeah. real and and yep. it's it's real. It's really real. I I experienced it. I've never experienced, you know, dating a narcissist or being Mm -hmm. involved with a narcissist. Um, I experienced it. I actually do believe it's something that my, my father, my parents kind of struggled with as well, because it is Mm -hmm. a mental illness. Um, and then, and I never, have never dated somebody with that illness. And then let me tell you, I would hear my friends and people speak about it, share stories, their personal experience. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, how did you even get involved? How did you not see the red flags? How did you, but oh, the masking is real. Yep. The way they mask, Absolutely. it is so real and scary. Yep. It's actually really scary. It's like an acting, like they're constantly auditioning for a role. Yeah. Right. And it's so scary. And if you see that, run for the hills.
0: Yeah. The hard part is, this is the the sad part, is that you don't see it for months in. Like, they know how they might trickle. It happened to me, Uh my oh. one son's father. Absolutely. Like, okay. so he, we all grew up together and he knew how my other son's father was. And my mm-hmm. other son's father was, like, abusive, but not 100% abusive. Like, he would throw and stuff at me. He that. would do this. Yeah. He used it. And so oh, he yeah. would be like, I can't believe he treated you like that. I'm going to treat you better. And, and I already knew about this guy. For goodness sake, he was in and out of jail as a teenager. What the heck was I thinking? I don't know. But I love my son. So I've got a beautiful son from it, you know, but, yes. um, so, but yeah, so he used that stuff to, to rope me in per se. <laughs> and, um, and then. It just, and you don't realize it. Like it might, a little things oh. might trickle in. Like she said, look at red flags, but it's, they're not going to show you everything until, yeah. until you really trust them. And then mm. little things will start to come out. Controlling yeah. behavior, oh. uh, lying, oh. Oh. um, oh. just everything. Right.
1: Then if the, the controlling abuse. Controlling is real. It yes. is. They are obsessed in a very mm-hmm. sick way that I don't, I, I will never understand. Obsessed with control. Yeah. They are obsessed with control. They, you know, you know, I, I had a, a, this, this lady said to me, I went to this networking event not too long ago, a couple of months, and she said, um, she said, the narcissist has
2: one mission. This was so deep. I was like,
1: they are out to steal your soul. Oh. And I was like, oh. Oh my gosh that sounds really scary She's like it is that's their only mission it's you know that's what that's their goal that is what they want that's full control of who you are they they, mm-hmm. they want you to themselves if they could there was this uh, um, documentary that I watched on Netflix not too long ago It was that very successful restaurant owner owner in New York um and she started dating this this guy who completely just he was a narcissist and he literally took her away. Literally. Like if they could take yep. you, run, you yep. run away with you to a country where no one has access to you and they yep. have you all to themselves. They can do whatever they want. They can say that even, and I'm talking, take you away from your kids, your family, your everything. Yep. That is their mission to steal your soul. And when your soul is gone, you are dead. You're dead. Right? So now I will say this, Danielle, I do believe most of us as women see the signs in the beginning i know for me 2 weeks in i saw oh, it was wow. clear it was clear to me i was like this is not a good person but you get so caught up you know the same lady also said a narcissist is one thing a narcissist with money is a oh. whole oh my. other ball game it's like another right. world it's like a, a a deeper realm you're going into into the world of narcissism Mm-hmm. And that was the, the the way this person kind of wrote me in. Like you said, you used the word ro- rope you in, you know, the, mm-hmm. the gifts and the, the traveling and the la- this and that. And, you know, but right. all along from the beginning, I knew this wasn't a good person, but no. I kept entertaining and it was like, ah, you know, whatever. And it was a dangerous game that I was playing.
0: Yeah. I think with me, like, I knew he, you know, cause he was in and out like, I knew he wasn't that great, but for some reason, I don't know. And so with, um, it's just like, I didn't realize how bad it could be and how bad it could get. And it, it is, it's, it's bad. I mean, for, I tried to get away from him for so long and then he turned my, again, like family against me and all that stuff. And it was the, the, as women, I think we try to um, fix people and fix things. And, and that's what it was. You? Yeah. So, See what I mean? um, yeah, but it, I played a part in that. So I lied to my mom to, I lied to my mom that I wasn't date. I like made up a whole fake name, which is a bad, that's a red sign or a red flag right there. Like because she didn't like him because she, he was friends with my brother and they got in trouble together. So this is, yeah. So. Boy, boy. Anyway, all the flags
1: um, are there from the beginning. That's yeah, what I, I just didn't saying. pay
0: attention. Yeah, you're <laughs> yes. right. So, um, okay. So, um, you got into a relationship. Were you talking about with the narcissism? Is it the, um, the one that, um, when you ended up in the homeless shelter? Is that the person, or is that the son's no, father?
1: No, no, no. That was my former husband. No, he's so far from the narcissist. So, okay, he's, he's so, a sweet soul. <laughs>
0: Oh, so when you, um, when you started living in a homeless shelter, how mm-hmm. did that change your mindset?
1: Oh gosh. Can I tell you my greatest blessings came from those two months I lived in that shelter at my, like I, I finished writing this book in the homeless wow. shelter. I finished wow. writing the last 12 chapters of this book while living in the homeless shelter. This photo shoot, that was like the oh. bad girl. That was like the baddie, you know, the bad girl is.
2: <laughs>
1: that was like a broken woman right there. But oh. I, this photo shoot was done while I was living in the shelter. My, my book photo shoot was done in the shelter. Wow. I actually, and I also launched my business that I do today in the woman's shelter. Wow. So just before getting to the women's shelter, I had been planning, I got this idea to start a women's empowerment, um, speaking business. And I was going to do special events for women, workshops, conferences, and so on. And I registered the business about two weeks prior to going to the women's shelter. And Uh I went and gave a deposit to this hotel venue, um, to have my business launch. My, I was going to have my first women's conference business launch. And then this happened. It was like out of the blue. What happened? And I end up in a shelter with my one year old and my then 17 year old. And I thought, oh, you know, wow. I can't do this event. I'm in a shelter. And anyways, to make a long story short. I didn't give up on the idea for two months. I worked on this event. I had over 230 women at the event. Wow. Yes. It was the most incredible experience. Um, just a few years later, I started speaking at this running workshops at this shelter. And I, I continued for years to run workshops. They carry my book in the shelter. Like it's just, it was such a wow. blessing. And the lesson that came from that was when we are going through it, when you're going through something, you actually have, we have more power within us to get up and fight than we do when we're just not going through anything. When life is just, when we're right. just cruising through life. My greatest accomplishments and breakthroughs and milestones happened while going through something major, like a crisis pretty much in my life.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my
0: goodness. So, okay. What we have in common. So uh, other things we have in common, but I lived in a homeless shelter when I was pregnant with my second son and my oldest one was like one. And, um, so I talk about how amazing the women were. And so they they taught me so much. I became friends with people that literally, like, were going through so much worse than I was. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And um, one lady shared with me, I'm sorry not to cry. Um, She was not nice. Like, that's what we thought of her, which is you don't judge people. That's why also I talk about that on this show. Um, she wouldn't talk to people and she was just like, you know, like would just look at you and stuff. And then one night she shared with me, our rooms were across from each other and she shared with me that her, um, the, her, whatever fiance, whatever he was at the time killed her one daughter. And yeah. And so she had a little girl with her. He he killed her baby. I think she was like maybe six, seven months old. And she started showing me pictures of her and all this stuff. And so she just sat there and talked to me and I lost it and I felt so bad. I wanted to be strong for her and I just couldn't, I just kept crying and crying and um, it was so hard. And I'm like, I thought I didn't tell anybody her business, but I thought like anytime they talked about her, I'd be like, you don't have a clue. Just be quiet. Like nobody knows what you're going through. And that's, um, I actually wrapped the intro to my, to this podcast. And that's what I talk about. um, I talk about a lot of stuff in that one minute intro, but I say like, um, you never know what someone's going through just because they look happy doesn't make it true, um, because it's true. Like you never know what someone's going through. You
1: don't through. know what they're going through. Yes,
0: right. And so, um, so yeah, so mm-hmm. she, um, it it was so hard. And then I had another friend that was an actual, um, prostitute, and she still talked to her pimp. She left the situation. She was in the shelter, and she was still talking to him on the phone. And I'm like okay. Uh, you see and, that a lot. um, and he was so narcissistic. Oh my gosh. She told me like, I'm going to turn you into a trick and all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, N- no, sir. Thank you. Uh, have a nice day and <laughs> never have done that. And I'm not knocking anybody that does it yeah. because we're all, you know, you yes. never know again yeah. what you would do in certain situations. So I'm mm-hmm. not ever, I'm never judging anybody that does it. Cause she was really awesome. She was my friend, but, yeah. um, the thing is like, no, it's not for me. And uh, and then another lady was, she met Oprah when she was little, which is so cool. They did a story when Oprah was a Baltimore news um, reporter. Oh. And she um, was on, had to go to the methadone clinic every day because she was on drugs. And oh. she was the nicest lady. She was the best cook. She used to cook for us, but oh. she was going through something. And so we were all going through stuff, but that taught me um to have empathy to just love people you like just be there for them and mm. and they were just amazing so um Wow, so that's something we have in common. Yeah, now, I wow. was only twenty at the time, so I still went through a lot after that. <laughs> I was not not like you that you know yeah. you you made your breakthrough through there. I learned a lot, but then yeah. I went back to the same guy. So that wasn't again, uh, ladies. Okay, it, you know it's just yeah. like I just went back because the baby yeah. once he was born and he the dad got out of prison and I whatever the family, the family the mm-hmm. family tricked me um I wasn't going to talk to him they tricked me and I didn't know he got out of prison they asked me to bring the baby over and I did Mm. and he came down the stairs and I was like (gasps) and so yeah I don't know Mm. anyway so (laughs) yeah um now it you know but I mean I'm so again I'm so thankful that I was in the shelter so thankful for the situations I'm thankful that I am, cause I'm starting, um, forgiveness life coaching and transformation life coach. I haven't, oh. I've gotten the certificate for forgiveness, but, um, oh. I started speaking as well. So yeah, I'm doing a lot of things that I, you're doing, which I is just, awesome. Uh,
1: I don't know if I shared my, did I share my forgiveness course with you?
0: No, no. Oh, I,
1: yeah, I took I, it. Um,
0: it with you. okay. Thank you. So yeah, I took it through, um, transformation Academy. I don't know if you've heard it, of them, but I really yes, love I it. It was, Oh, yeah, it's a good program.
1: You, you should actually do so what I'm going to send to you. It's a nine day course oh, okay. You, sh- you should actually do something similar to this.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. awesome. I would love to. Yes. I'm yeah, just yeah. starting my business. I'm just starting like getting into it. Um, yeah. but I, I love like helping people as well. So I'm very excited. Um, mm. but back to, to you, ma'am. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> What so was it difficult to break the cycle of living
2: in an abusive environment?
1: Uh, it was because it was all I knew, so I was born into it, it was literally all I knew. I didn't know a world where that didn't exist, you know, so it was. It was normal for me. You know, when I got involved with my son's father at the time at 14, there was nothing abnormal about him to me. You know, he was doing what my father did to my mother. Oh. So that's all I knew. He was speaking to me the way my father spoke to my mother every day, you know, calling her names and um degrading her, disrespecting her every day, you know, beating on her. That's all I knew. You know, when you have a a child, and and the reason why I wrote this book, the main reason was to create awareness around the effects of abuse. What happens to a child who grows up into adulthood with that shame, with those stories, with that pain, with that hurt, you know, while I was a perfect example of what happens, you know, that child 99% of the time becomes a product of that at some point in their life. And usually it's their teens, the teens and twenties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, what I can say to that is it because it was all I knew and I didn't know any different, I didn't, I saw it with family members. I saw the abuse with family members, even if it was just verbal, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was what I knew in the house and what I knew outside of the house. So really when things started to change for me and I, and I realized that I was, <clears throat> Making choices. You know, I didn't become an at risk teenager at 14. What happened at 14 was a result of what I had been living my entire life up until that point. So it wasn't until I was in my early twenties that I realized how broken I was and I knew that if I did not get help and this happened after my boyfriend at the time was murdered in front of me and died Mm. in my arms. So, and that was, yeah, I was 21 at that time. And it was that, that made me wake up in a sense, although things got worse before they got better for a short time. I realized in that moment that if I did not, seek help, talk to somebody, do something about this, the way I was living and my environment, then I probably wouldn't make it to see 25,
2: 30. So it was definitely
1: a process that I had to be patient with. Like I, I, you know, I, I realized going through my healing journey that I didn't have any patience because I wanted everything to change now, but I wasn't doing the work that I had to do for it to change now. So I was kind of one foot in one foot out lukewarm. You know, I, I want change. I want transformation. I want healing, but I kind of still want to hang out with these people and I still want to do this and I still want to do that. So it took a while for me to completely detach from that world and really embark on this healing journey in every way. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, which was a huge one for me, huge one. And if it wasn't for my, at the time, my spiritual mom, which is what I call her, who I started going to church with, I don't even know what that journey would have looked like because I, I say, and it's at the back of my book too, that I was saved in the eyes of the church because I was, I really was. It was the first place I ever felt safe. It was the first place I ever shared my story. It was the first place I ever opened up. It was also the very first place that I stood up and spoke in front of 2000 people. And that seed that she planted in me, asking me to share my story in front of everyone, which I was terrified to do, was a seed that I am now, you know, I'm now experiencing and witnessing the fruits of that seed because that was the moment where I realized I wanted to work with young girls and youth. I wanted to share my story in hopes of helping them. You know, I I wanted to inspire them and just, I I just knew I wanted to work with them. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I had no idea what this was going to look like. I just knew that in that moment of sharing and then what happened after was like 40 of them lined up one behind another, each, you know, to speak to me. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, what do they want to talk to me about? And it was that day. So I was definitely, that's my story. I was definitely saved in the eyes of the church for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. That is so traumatic. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so sorry that you went through that. Oh boy. Um, I witnessed my brother commit suicide via the telephone. And so I can only imagine if somebody was shot and killed in your arms. Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: he was wow. stabbed and killed. But, wow, he, he committed stabbed. suicide? Oh.
0: Yeah. It, um, so uh, oh. this is, yeah, this is why I actually, um, I actually just spoke about it in front of people, too. I, I auditioned for mm-hmm. a contest, and I'm going to audition again on the 19th because I didn't make it. But, um, so... Um, I talked about it in front of people. And so when I said it, I like saw her response and I started crying hysterically. <laughs> um, cause I, when I practice my speech, like it's only, we only got one minute to audition. Nobody was looking back at me. I'm in the car. Or like, if I talk to someone about it, right. it's somebody that already knew. And so, yeah, but, um, my mom called me to stop him from doing it. And then unfortunately that's not what happened, but, Um, so it's been 12 years. So I'm just now kind of out of respect of my parents. He has a 16 year old, she was three, uh, and a half when he passed. So,
2: so now I'm just now like
0: talking about it. And, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so I can't imagine, boy, like my mother was there and that's, and it's her kid. And yeah, it's just, oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, so
1: yeah, a parent's worst nightmare, much less. To yeah. you know, you witness your child take their own life. That's like yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even yeah. imagine.
0: Yeah, oh. it's uh, it's it's been a journey, and I hope that I can help her. I know it's going to be hard Ooh. to work with your own family, but her and I haven't had the best relationship even before this. But um, I moved to Georgia, and she's here. I moved to Georgia because of her. So um, You're I in Atlanta, I really, yeah, oh.
2: Atlanta area. I was just um, there. Oh wow, awesome! Yeah.
0: So, um, I love this area, but um, so I really want to help her because she's so. Even though it's been twelve years, and she was kind of like this before, she's so angry and bitter, and everything is so negative, and mm. and it's just not good to live like that. Like you can't live like that forever. No. Like it's gonna take you. You know, you can't just like. You, you can't be successful, you can't be happy, you can't be anything because you're just living no. in the darkness, like you said, and the darkness. Yeah, so yeah. um but anyway, so sorry. I always talk about myself. When um no. when you uh wrote the book, was that before your brain
2: tumor or after? That was before. Wow. It was
1: so yeah, the book was already written. Um and I wrote the rest of it while living in the shelter and when the when the brain tumor happened, which was out of the blue, I didn't even know I had it. Um, wow. It was waking up from that brain, so I was basically the book was already written, and I was still somewhat afraid and ashamed to kind of publish it. I I, I was holding on to things, you know. I was like, oh. I don't want people to judge my father cause I have forgiven him and my mom cause I've yeah. forgiven her, you know, I don't want, I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll wait. I, I kept saying, maybe I'll wait until, um, my dad passes away and then I'll, I'll put mm-hmm. it out there. And then, uh, the brain surgery happened, which was about a year after I finished writing the book. And I woke up from that surgery knowing that I almost died. And I said to my sister, you know, I'm going to publish the book because had I died, no one would have known my true story, my real story. And Mm -hmm. I knew that the book was going to help thousands of girls and women, victims, survivors. And I knew that, that I had, I had to publish it. it. It was just, I knew waking up from that surgery, that, that, that was it. Like, and I, I had my, my book launch. Four months after my brain surgery. It was huge. It was such a big event. It was beautiful. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. It got like a lot of media attention and not only the, 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 my childhood story, but also the brain surgery. So
2: yeah. What?
1: What? Oh, yeah. yeah. It took that for me to come out, really. It took the brain surgery. Yeah. For me to just, you know, it kind of erased the shame and whatever, the doubts and whatever I was having about publishing the book. It, I woke up from that surgery and I was like, no, th- this is going to happen. And the book gave birth to my speaking business. Yay. So it was kind of, it had to happen. It was my calling. It was my purpose. And the uh, brain surgery was a part of that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Holy shnikes. You are so tough and amazing. And I'm so proud of you because we have choices. Okay. So we can say, what was me? Look at, look at all you've been through. Oh my goodness. And you can just sit in it and and pity, right? Yeah. You can take that, the hurt, the pain, the shame, the, everything that you had, and you can literally flip it. (sighs) And help other people. Change You're the teaching, world with it. You can absolutely. And so that is so amazing. That's part of the contest was it's the power of speaking. And it was a speaking contest, honestly. Um oh. they're trying to make it into a show. So okay. um, but it's so amazing to hear I heard so many people's stories, like just practicing with them or the people in my group, that it was it's so touching and it's so amazing that all almost all of them and there was like 500 of us. I can't remember. Are are using our past traumas or whatever to help other people, and it was such a beautiful thing to see. But the fact that you, oh yo, yeah, you're so resilient, and you just bounce back, and you're like, whatever. Now I'm gonna yeah. help. You know, now it's gonna push me That's to do more. That's kind of my and
1: attitude for real.
0: <laughs> goodness, see, I can tell. Um. Yeah. I just, I'm so proud of you. So your speaking company, is that the same name? Like, what is your speaking company name? Or is it all under the umbrella?
1: Yeah, so everything is under Korea Enterprise. Now, I, you know, I I have a coaching program that I do run called She Speaks, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: it is for new and aspiring female speakers. So yeah, that, that has a name of its own because it's a program of its own, but everything is under Korea Enterprise. It's kind of like just the umbrella. Yeah.
2: Wow.
0: So, okay. Now how many, roughly how many ladies or women do you think that you have helped since you started either being coaching or the speaking or whatever you have done? Oh gosh. Mentoring. Hundreds
1: of thousands. Wow. Hundreds of thousands. I think I get a message, you know, as I told you, my Instagram and my Facebook actually got hacked, which was the most one of those worst things that happen in the world. It was devastating for me because I spent eight years building my brand on Instagram organically and I did, and I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of IGTVs and videos and reels. And so, yeah, but I, I, every day I, I would get a DM every day, every day, like, you know, um, just people who were in the audience of where I spoke, you know, I'm talking about messages from youth, from young girls, from, you know, girls who I spoke to when they were 14 and now they're, you know, 25 or 23 and messages from women, you know, just, it's constant. It's, so I would say hundreds of thousands and globally. So not just in Canada, Uh globally. Mm. Ah, And I'm so so awesome. It's, you know, I'm, I say that with complete humility, you know,
0: of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we I'm can so feel free. it.
0: Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> we don't think you're bragging. Don't worry. Yeah, no, and, no.
2: Sometimes it's I ask you,
0: so you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's good. It's it's good to be proud of yourself. Yes. That's yeah, that's a hard thing, though. I I was I just like... going to
1: say we don't do it enough. We don't right. do Absolutely. it enough. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just saying that, just sharing that was it. It was it's a, it felt really good to say that. But I don't yeah. go around like I I have helped. You know, I know it's like, but it's so good to like acknowledge that because that's huge. The fact that that is my legacy. It really is, you know, and I never look at the numbers, but it feels good to know that I have inspired so many people in the world.
0: Yeah, it is. It's so important. Um, For you to, for you though, it's important for you to know that. And it's not like a, like we said, you're not being cocky, braggy, whatever, like, Ooh, look at me. Um, But it's something for yourself to be proud of because also it motivates you to keep going and to see the, um, the impact that you've had on people. It's a beautiful thing. That's why, that's why you do it. Right. So it's good to reflect on it and to say that, I mean, i I can't wait till I get to that point myself because it I just feel I'll just feel like it's just like a sense of accomplishment because you're when we all i don't know like as a young person, you know I'm not young anymore, but I'm forty, but when you're young hey, you're, you're like
1: still very young uh-huh. when
0: you're, when you're young, you're like, um you know what's your purpose or what is my yeah. you know like yes. what am I supposed to do in life and so mm it it's so amazing when people do find their purpose and they're actually acting on it it's yeah it's very humbling because it it shows that you are selfless that's why you're doing this you're not mm. doing it to be able to come on here and say yeah i've helped a million people but yeah. you're here to to show you're really literally giving um advice right now in steps of you know you're helping people right now as we're speaking yeah. so yeah, so I'm I'm very proud of you. So don't ever Thank feel like you. you're just being bright. Of course. Oh, uh, you're welcome. So, what are some of the goals that you and the ladies set when you coach them? Like, what's like one of the main goals?
2: So,
1: one of the main goals for me when I'm working with women, whether it's in a group setting, a one-to-one, you know, um, session, or even in an audience when I'm speaking is health. You know, that is, should be number one for every single human being. You know, if you are old enough to be aware of what you're, you're putting into your body and how you're taking care of yourself, meaning, you know, obviously the children, they just want to eat candy, but (laughs) if you're old enough to know, okay, this isn't good or, I need to move my body, or I need to exercise, or I need to meditate, or I need to read more. You know, when I say health, I'm talking personal development, personal growth, um, your body wellness, you know, kind of all of it in one. That is the number one goal for me when I'm working with anyone or, or speaking to anyone in an audience or in a group setting or a workshop setting. It's your health. And I, I say that because it's what I had to do. In my life, I had to really take a look at, you know, some of my habits, whether it was eating habits or just the lack of moving my body or, you know, and, and it, things started to really shift for me. I started to experience a lot of personal success when I started taking care of my body. And unfortunately for me, that came, or fortunately, I don't know which one came after brain surgery. That was when I really um, started taking care of myself. So I would say the the number one thing that is most important for me is the physical mastery and mental mastery as well. But I think physical is like the foundation, you know, is having a routine, a self-care routine, because otherwise you're just, you're just not going to make it energy wise. You're going to feel Depleted. You're not going to, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to be annoyed by people. People's, you know, people's triggers are going to trigger your triggers kind of thing. You know, so it's, you're going to be in constant. Um, I don't even know the word, but it's, it's so important for us to be healthy or at least on the journey to becoming or being healthy while we're serving. You know, too many people are out there serving, 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 and they're literally, they're just, their cup is just so empty because they're just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, leaving themselves feeling just empty, you know? So fill your own cup, you know, and as you are filling your cup with self-care and self-love and eating right and, you know, reading and studying and really just working on yourself as you're filling up that cup, It's kind of, you know, whatever pours out, pours over is for the world, is for the work that you're doing. You know, they get all the the benefits of of how you're taking care of yourself. So if we don't do that, we're just out here, you know, leading while bleeding. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Versus leading while healing. Ooh. Yes.
0: Well, I think you're directly talking to me, so...
2: (laughs) Hey! I
0: really, if I needed happens. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, I needed to hear that. Cause um, that's the truth. Like, um, cause I want to help so many people, but you know, even as a yeah. nurse, I help so many people, but I do need to take I was say, better care.
1: Nurse, yeah. Nurses do it the most. They yeah, we're are, bad. oh my gosh. They, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with nurses who just oh there they are like imagine a world without nurses, like I can't, oh my goodness, you know, even with my experience with brain surgery, like my nurses yeah. loved me back to life, like I tell everyone, my experience, my time in the hospital was my heavenly, it was a heavenly experience, The nurses, oh. the way they took care of me and cried with me, and oh my gosh, it was just so beautiful, so you know I, I know that nurses tend to. Take care of everyone else, but put themselves on the back burner a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's, so, yeah, that's something yeah. That I, I need to, yeah. So you were talking to me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I do need to work on that because mm-hmm. you're right. Like again, just like we said, if you don't love yourself, then how can you help others? But it's just yeah. the same thing. Like I need to take care of my, my health a lot better, uh, than I do and pay attention to things that are Like signs again, just like not Mm. other people's signs, but internally um, of what's going on, because your body can it warns you. So (laughs) it does, um, it does. Okay, so what do you feel is the most important step in healing from trauma, the trauma of our past? Forgiveness. Yes, I.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's exactly what
0: I. Yes, I agree because that's why I want to do. Forgiveness coaching. Cause I agree.
1: It's the foundation. It's the foundation. Cause even, you know, even that after my brain surgery, I, I really, that was my main focus was to work on, um, forgiving the people in my life that had hurt me. And that was, that was my number one goal because prior to that, I was still so angry and I thought I had forgiven and then I'd be angry the next day. And then I did it. I was so up and down, so up and down. Cause you know, as Oprah once said, there are people in your life that you will have to forgive over and over and over and over again. Why? Because usually they're family members or a mother or father of your children. Right. So after brain surgery, I made it my mission. I was like, "I, I have to let this go. This is killing me. It wasn't killing them. It was killing me. The unforgiveness is killing me, not them. They they had moved on with their life. And, you know, deep down inside, I'm sure they have their own demons to deal with because of what they've done to others. But it was, it was my mission. Uh, Forgiveness is the foundation. If you are out there serving, whether you're a nurse or a motivational speaker or a social worker or a lawyer, you know, whatever it is that you do, janitor, and you're working with people and you've got all this unforgiveness and anger and all types of just toxic emotions going on inside, mm-hmm. you are harming yourself and, and you're not doing it from a genuine, authentic place. So just stop serving and go work on that because it's, it will kill you. It will end up killing you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. It will kill you. So that is the foundation. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, um, I, like I said, I'm in the process of starting my business and I actually have been helping people like literally like as I walk past them. So I talk about like in the break room, I was talking to this one nurse and we were talking about that. And, you know, it is, it's like a journey. I mean, especially if the person's in your life still. So I told her, I was like, you have to let things go. Well, how can I, when this, this and that, all I want to do is fight her. She was hilarious. She was a nurse, but she wanted to beat this lady up. Uh, (laughs) It's her mother-in-law. And she was like, her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law hurt her mother though. And she was like, I'm trying to protect my mother. And I said, what? Think about this. How do your kids feel when you're doing this? Because you're hurting somebody they love. And I said, how Mm -hmm. do you think they feel? I said, be protective of your kids too. And she goes, oh, wow, you're so mature. And I said, no, I'm not so mature, but mm. um, you, you have to really, and I, again, it is a process. I'm still, you know, um, yeah. it is I'm a not process. where, it is. I'm not exactly where, like my one son's father, I am not where I want to be on forgiving him. I've gotten a lot better, but I still need to work on it. And yeah. so, you know, and I had to forgive my brother. It's because I was so angry and so upset, uh, for leaving the world and leaving his daughter and leaving, you know, but I'm okay. Like I, you know, I feel like he's in a better place. He has peace now wherever he is. And, and so, you know, all of us here, we have to find that peace with it too, because Mm -hmm. you're right. It will kill, it will kill you on the inside. So, and even this lady in the grocery store, I, I don't know what her uncle did to her and I hope that she's okay. But, I could see the fear and stuff in her eyes, and they were talking about how her uncle was in the store. And I said oh. something, and I said, You got to let it go. And she said, Well, can I? And the guy mm. literally walked by, like literally, and he said hi to her, and she was like, Hi. And you could see how scared she was. And I said,
2: Whoa. I said,
0: Forgiveness is for you. It is not for him. It does not yeah. condone whatever happened, what he did, what he said, whatever. It just, it's not okay. It's not saying you accept it. What you're mm. saying is, that you will not let it control your feelings anymore. Mm. You got to let that go. That's controlling. They are controlling your feelings. When you are so upset about something that it changes your mood, your actions, your everything, you're letting them control you.
1: Mm. Right? So, and I'm
0: guilty of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're right. It's like you, you got to be able to, to get past that for your sake to be able to move on, to be happy, to be successful, to, to live a fulfilling life. And like you said, serve others. You're absolutely right. Because if you're walking around hating on everybody and the inside, but you're acting like, Oh, I'm going to help everybody. I mean, that's not, that's not authentic. That's
1: exactly. Yes. That's that's crazy. (laughs) It's it's, it's not good. And it'll catch up to you.
2: Oh, it'll catch up
1: to you. And people smell enough. Um, People smell,
2: you know, they, they smell it. They can, not
1: everybody, but people will like, okay, you know, hmm, is this
2: person- Something's off.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right.
1: Make it your mission and be patient with yourself along the process. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're so awesome. Okay. Yeah. So- uh speaking of you being humble and uh with humility. So how does it make you feel when you see the ladies transform and when they start to really like see how beautiful they are and how worthy they are? How does that make you feel?
1: Oh. It's the most rewarding part. It's you know when even if it's one little step at a time, even if it's uh, you know a woman who has never worked out and although i'm working with her you know to build her speaking or coaching business it's it's her calling me and saying oh you know i went i've been working for 20 minutes all week working out for 20 minutes this week i got up this morning and i worked out for 15 minutes and oh what a feeling and Aww. so it's oh yeah it's like the littlest things that just you know i was you know, I said, I, I walked away from the relationship or I didn't take his call and I've been ignoring the calls and I'm I'm sticking with my word or whatever it is that they, that little bit of a transformation, that little shift, that little change. It just lights up my soul, like to, to see women come into who they were created to be, you know, step by step, little by little. It's just, it's, it's just amazing it's
0: just
1: amazing like it's the best feeling yeah oh
0: i'm yes. so excited um so i i can imagine that it would be and again i'm so grateful that you're using your past experiences to mm-hmm. to help others because wow just like the hundreds of thousands of people that you helped even being in the audience imagine if you didn't tell your story imagine if you didn't write the book. And if you mm-hmm. didn't do all the things that you're doing now, like, you know, who knows how their life would have been, or if they would have stayed in that situation or whatever. And so you are so important and I'm just, I'm so excited that I get to talk to you. I'm just, I really feel your energy. You have wonderful energy and you're just oh, a beautiful soul thank you. and oh. uh, you're welcome. No, I mean it. I really mean <laughs> it. And um. And so I feel really connected to you because I also like want to do the things that you're doing. So it's really cool to, to see it in the future. Like I'm not exactly going to be like you, of course, but does well, just be like, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, uh, well maybe we'll have to, you know, host a workshop in Atlanta.
2: Absolutely. Be, that's I'll what be i been January. wanting to work on.
1: And that's, that's my, that's my mission is to have a, a, a fireside kind of, You know, a little workshop. So we'll we have to talk about this. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. And somebody else has told me that too, that they're gonna be here in a few months. And yeah, I definitely a hundred percent want to. And um that would be great. Well thank you. So okay. (laughs) Uh if you could go back in the past and speak to the little girl that was
2: you back then, what would you tell her? I promise it's gonna be okay.
1: You're going to get through this and watch, watch and see what's going to happen. This is all a part of your purpose. It'll all make sense. It will all make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was, that makes me, uh, Think, you know, because
0: I never thought about what I would say. <laughs> so I was like,
2: yeah, oh, cause
0: it's, it's hard, you know, it's, um, wow. It just kind of puts you in reality of like, look how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Look how far you have come. This is like so amazing to hear all the things that you have been through. And this probably not all of it. This is the, probably just like a quarter mm-hmm. of it, but, uh, <laughs> and to, To talk about those things and to be able to, and definitely you had to forgive or you cannot speak about them with, with the, not joy, but like the peace that you have, like, just like, it's just like, you're just talking. And so, and wow, all I can say is wow. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what advice do you have for any women that are in
2: abusive relationships? Like right now they're dealing with it
1: one find a community a group of women a program some some a space a place where you can go meet sit with speak to like-minded women women who are who have either survived what you're currently going through they're going through what you're currently going through and then you know, there's three different types of women in that space, and then the women who have come out of what you're going through, because that way you'll be able to connect to each. You'll know, okay, this one is going through what I'm going through, so I can we can share and talk, and I can hear her. And and sometimes sitting back and listening to someone tell their story, some something, that, a story that you're currently living, it makes you go, oh my god, yeah, I'm tolerating that. Because you want to sit there and go, girl, you need to walk away from that. Girl, are you cr-? But then you're like, hold up a sec. I'm going through the same thing, right? <laughs> right. So it kind of, it, it does something, right? It does something. And then, you know, and then the woman in the room who has, who is coming out. So she's kind of two, three steps ahead of you, you know, so she's no longer in the relationship, but she's still tr- struggling with, you know, missing that person or wanting to go back or, and then there's the person who is completely out. And then they're able to speak to me and the woman who's kind of going through it. There's, there's magic that happens in a setting like that. It's, it's extremely therapeutic. It's so inspiring. It's so supportive. It's like, okay, one, I'm not alone. This is where I'm at. And that's where I could be that woman right there. I want to be where she's at, which is what happened to me. So find a group. And there's so many. There are so many, whatever city you live in, wherever you are, they're all over the place. Find a woman's organization that hosts these women's meetings, these programs, these groups, and even go to meetup.com. There's so many, you know, groups on there. Meetup.com is worldwide. Just type in your postal code and you'll find, you know, programs and, and, and things happening around you. And that's also where you're going to be able to tell your talk, share your story. And speaking and sharing your story out loud, not just in your head and not just, I'm not talking about to your girl, your girlfriend, because she's just gonna, she's gonna support you anyway. If you want to go, you know, stab his tires, she's going to be a girl. I'm coming with you. Let's go stab (laughs) his tires. If if you want (laughs) to, if you want to stay in the relationship, she's going to love you anyway. She's going to tell you not to, but she's going to love you anyway. So it's a different kind of love when it's friends and family. I'm talking about, Getting yourself into an environment, into a setting where it's, everyone there is a stranger. So, you know, um, you don't know any, any of these ladies, but you're there for one reason and one purpose. And that is to heal and to live. So you're going to be able to share your story in that setting. And it's extremely therapeutic when you're sharing your story, not from a place of victim so much, which is what we do with our friends and family. It's more of a place. This is my story. I need help. And that's why I'm here. And it just sets the tone. And that is, that's exactly how I started and what happened to me. So one, the power of community and two, the power of storytelling.
2: Wow.
0: Yes, absolutely. Woohoo. Um, hi, you're so awesome. So, (laughs) okay. Now, where can we find you? So your book has been out. While. Like, how do we buy your book? How do we book you for yeah. speaking engagements or people can be part of your program? What, how, where can we find yeah,
1: you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is elizabethkorea.com. And then if you typed in, if you want the Kindle version of the book, you can go to Amazon and get that there. If you want the hard copy mailed out to you, you can actually go to my website, Elizabeth go to book. And then you'll you'll see the information whether you're in the U.S. or Canada. I'll have it shipped out to you. Uh, as I said, Instagram and my Facebook got hacked. I'm working on hmm. getting it back. However, I think I've lost the accounts. It's okay. It's a hard pill to swallow, but I had to really accept that this week. Um, so my backup account is Miss M S Elizabeth Korea on Instagram, TikTok Elizabeth Korea. LinkedIn, Elizabeth Korea. And I do have a Facebook woman's group called the Self Empowered, Self Empowered Community. Self Empowered Community. That's on Facebook group. So yeah, most platforms, YouTube, Elizabeth Korea. So most platforms, it's just under my name. And then I've also got, I will share one link with you that hosts all the other links. It's just so much easier that way. So it's one link, kind of like Linktree, but it's social tap. And it just hosts the other links where, you know, my online courses or digital products and, and all that good stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Everybody go buy her book. I'm about to buy your book too. Uh, I'm actually going to
1: send you the free link for the forgiveness course. I'm going to send you a free link for you, for yourself. Mm -hmm. And because I, I think it's something that, um, that you should also do something create something similar to this yeah.
0: yeah yeah thank you so much i really appreciate yeah. it and i look forward to it i love it um going through those courses are really like eye opening and when you see stuff written down you're like what like
1: <laughs> yeah like
0: you said you're like when you hear somebody yeah. else telling it and then you're like how can you tolerate that and you're going through the same thing you're like oh wait a minute oh my gosh yes. i'm tolerating <laughs>
2: that. yeah so yeah. it's the same thing when We're it's so- written
0: down yeah. When you look at it, you're like, yeah. I went through that or like yes. that was my, that's me. Like, yeah, like I overcame that. And that's the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. you all can overcome whatever you're going through right now. You don't have to stay in the darkness. You get out of the darkness. It, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can get past mm-hmm. it. You can get through it. You're going to be okay. That's yeah. both of our messages, I believe. Um, so yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. But, um, I thank you so, so, so much. For coming and speaking, um, to us. And thank you so much for all the amazing advice and words of wisdom and just sharing your beautiful, oh my gosh, triumphant, uh, strong, resilient, uh, story. Like the woman no. king should be about you. No, oh. <laughs> no, you're, you're really like, I'm going to write my own really, woman king. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Um, yes. but yeah. So I'm just, I'm so thankful. So, Thank you so much again, Elizabeth. You are awesome. And Thank I can't you. wait to talk to you again because I know you and I are going to keep in touch oh, yes. and talk.
2: Oh, and,
0: yes. Uh, yes. And I hope we can work together and maybe one day I can come to Canada. I've never been there. So that would
1: be exciting. You don't want to come uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here, girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, come to Atlanta and live here. There's so much. There's so many opportunities, literally, in, in Atlanta area. I
1: was there the other day, it blew my mind like the woman's empowerment and uh, oh, you know how it's where it's going there what's happening there how much yeah. more of it is needed it's just it's oh my gosh like I was I met some incredible woman and they were all like you need to come back and do an event and do a workshop yeah. and I'm like I'm gonna do it so I'm, I'm actually in the middle of planning it for January.
0: Yay. Yes. Woo-hoo. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. And there's a lot. Our homeless population here is like, I
1: know. It is
0: extreme. Yes. Yeah. So, everything.
1: Um, prostitution, everything. It's. Oh,
0: yes. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, but there's a lot of amazing, you know, uh, a lot of uplifting, good stuff too. And there's a lot of great programs here for, um, For women and there's like men and women's shelters as well, which I like to see where I like in Maryland, we were only a woman's shelter except for if it got below 32 degrees and then we could accept men, but it was only women's shelter. So lots of places that I heard of are a lot of like women's kids, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And so here there's a lot of even just men or men and women and stuff, which is, oh, cool. And so I'm sure it's like that in in the Baltimore area, but I was like by Fort Mead, and it was only women uh but anyways, so all right, well, thank you so much, and we will keep in touch and yes. I just really appreciate you, and you have a wonderful day. Wow, what a great episode! I am so excited. I just want to say thank you to everyone that listened or watched, which I'm still behind on on the watching part. But listen or watch season one. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for season two premiere, which is what you're just are watching or listening right now. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you if you're new. Thank you if you just discovered authentic points of view right now. Thank you if you've been with me forever. What's It's only been since June, but <laughs> seems like forever. No, really, honestly, I never knew that it would go this far or last this long. I didn't know how many people that I would impact or that the guests and I would impact. I want to say thank you so much for the amazing, amazing guests that have been on the show. I mean, amazing guests, wonderful people making impact in the world, making just positive changes and helping people. And I'm just really thankful for them. Thank you for sharing your authentic points of view. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable and just open and sharing your life. It is amazing. I thank you for that. Thank you to the listener you the listener yay or watcher hello uh you still probably should listen if you're watching (laughs) would be helpful uh but no i thank you too because i cannot do this without either of y'all y'all so country i couldn't do it without either party the listener or the guest so thank you so much Thank you for being interested in my craziness, (laughs) my crazy laugh, and my crazy everything. And thank you for all the people that have told me, I love your energy. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I'm so excited for season two, the changes to come, that they will be slow changes, and the differences, hopefully the bigger impact that will make also the amazing guests that are coming up this season as well. And just the changes that I'm making, my life coaching business will be up and running soon. And I'll start speaking at places as well soon. And I'm being on more podcasts as well. So there's so many different things that I'm doing in my life that I want you to be a part of as well. And you ride on the journey with me. It's going to be fun. No, (laughs) thank you for real. I really, really, really love y'all. And so all the words in my intro mean the world, right? So that's why I wrote it and I loosely wrapped it. Because it's true. So everything pertains to the show. It might, that song might grow or might shorten or whatever, but um, we'll see how it goes. And it might turn into a real song one day because, like I said, those are the things that I live by. That's what the show's about. Thank you again for being open-minded, open hearts, all open ears, and not being judgmental of some of the things that I have gone through. And the guests I've gone through, I know so many people are like, oh my gosh, you lived in a shelter. Yeah. Okay. It helped me. And it, it changed my life a lot. And I was in abusive, abusive relationships. I was a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) I tolerated a lot, you know? And so that's why I'm on this forgiveness journey and transformation. So there you go. If you want to be part of, of it, I will start adding my link to my Calendly So, literally, you guys can link up with me and uh, we can do a discovery call and see if I would be the right coach for you. So, thanks again. Thank you for being amazing. Thank you for bearing with me. Some of the episodes were 200 years long, so long. But <laughs> if you listen to them or watch them, you are the bomb.com. Love you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening and watching the premiere. Woohoo! I'm so excited. All right. Have a great day. See you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart